When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried down and was happy to welcome him. All who saw it began to grumble and said, he has gone to be the guest of one who is a sinner. Please pray with me. Dear Father in heaven, we ask you, as we do each week, to be here with us in this place right now. And we trust that you are here. May my words be your words and all of our thoughts your thoughts. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. I thought I'd lead a sing-along of Zacchaeus was a wee little man and a wee little man was he. Uh, Wasn't that the youth group song where you'd sing it faster and faster and faster and you'd sort of squat down lower and lower and lower and whisper it more and more quietly? It's what I seem to remember us all lying down on the floor in youth group and whispering about what a wee little man Zacchaeus was, which, of course, kind of misses the point of the story, right? Stop anybody on the street and ask them what they know about Zacchaeus. And the first and perhaps only thing they'll know is that he was short. But of course, there's a lot more to this story. All of it, good news for people like us who come before the Lord each week, hoping against hope that he will still want to be in a relationship with us. So Zacchaeus has heard about Jesus. He's a guy who's creating a buzz all over town and Zacchaeus wants to go and see what all the fuss is about. But Jesus, as always, is surrounded by a giant crowd. And Zacchaeus, well, Zacchaeus is a wee little man. He wants to see Jesus, but literally can't see over the crowd. And so he does what enterprising people who don't have tickets to the show have been doing for millennia. He climbs a tree. And when Jesus gets to the tree that Zacchaeus is in, he stops looks up and says, you, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down from there. Today I must stay at your house. And of course, the crowd immediately starts grumbling. They all wanted Jesus to come and stay at their house. Doesn't Jesus know that Zacchaeus is a tax collector, a sinner? How can he go and stay in that guy's house? But the scripture says that Zacchaeus was happy to come down and to welcome him into his home. But of course, before they go anywhere, Zacchaeus makes this announcement to the people who have gathered. Look, half of my possessions, Lord, I will give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will pay back four times as much. Jesus says to him, today salvation has come to this house. Because he too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek out and save the lost. So I think that there are two things, two real quick things that I want to say about this story. The first one might seem obvious, but as you know, we can't and won't go a week around this place without announcing it. Jesus comes to seek and save the lost. He doesn't go to the homes of any of the crowd of people who think that they're worthy of hosting Jesus. He finds the one who is unworthy. And it's funny, too, because Jesus says, I must stay at your house 
today. It's actually not funny, in fact. It's poignant. It means everything. I must stay at your house today. He must. This is Jesus' mission. This isn't something that Jesus is just deciding to do today. You know, spend, spend one day with a tax collector on the wrong side of the tracks. He's not setting aside his normal ministry to have a seeker service. No. This is the thing that Jesus has come to do. It's what he must do. He must be with sinners. He must be with those who don't have it all together. He must Seek out and save the lost. And the second thing that comes out if this scripture flows directly from the first thing. When Jesus picks Zacchaeus out of the tree, the next words out of Zacchaeus' mouth after accepting Jesus' invitation of himself over to his house, kind of rude, Jesus, right? Is to promise to change his ways. I'll give half of my possessions to, to the way to the poor, he says. And if I've defrauded anyone, if, yes, you've definitely defrauded everyone, I'll repay four times as much. His encounter with Jesus has a profound impact on Zacchaeus. He seems to be an instantaneously changed man. Do you remember the story of the woman at the well? This is in John chapter 4. A Samaritan woman comes across Jesus at a well in the heat of the day and has a conversation with him that changes her life forever. Jesus, in the course of their chat, asks her to go and get her husband. And she says that she doesn't have a husband. And Jesus says one of my favorite quotes in the entire Bible, You are right when you say that you have no husband. The fact is, you have had five husbands, and the man you're with now is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. And at the end of their conversation, Jesus offers this woman who's at the well in the middle of the day because she's a sinner. He offers her living water that will satisfy her thirst forever and that will well up to eternal life. And she goes back to her village and tells everyone Come and meet the man who told me everything I ever did. This seems to be typical of meeting Jesus. You've got to meet this guy. We just met and I feel forever changed. The disciples are like this. Fishermen, shopkeepers, friends. Then Jesus arrives and everything changes. People are radically changed by meeting Jesus. Jesus. So, the two things we can pick up from this Zacchaeus story are first, that Jesus came to seek and save the lost, the sinner. And that seems simple enough, though it is incredibly good news for sinners like you and me. The second part is perhaps a little more sticky because it deals with what happens next. Really, this is one of the trickier things that the church has to deal with. Just what exactly happens after you meet Jesus. I was at a clergy conference once, which are dangerous places to go, just so you know. And during one of the group discussions, I brought up the parable that we had in our readings last week, if you recall, the Pharisee and the tax collector. And I just mentioned what great news it was that all it took for the tax collector to go home justified was to ask God to have mercy on him. And one of the priests in my little 
circle said, well, the story doesn't end for me there. Did he go home and change his ways? Arched eyebrow. As though the justification would only stick if the guy went home and got better. And I wanted to say, well, it doesn't actually matter if the story doesn't end there for you, because Jesus told the story, and it specifically ended there for him. So last week, it doesn't matter what happens next. That's not part of Jesus' story. He just says, the tax collector went home justified. This man who is too frail, too afraid, even to look up to heaven, wails, have mercy on me, a sinner. And Jesus says, that man went home justified rather than the guy who's doing all the right things. End of story. Literally. And so I think we can use last week's story, which Luke puts directly before this week's, so it's nice and fresh in our minds, to understand the conclusion of the Zacchaeus story. Because the first part, we've got that, right? Not that we don't need reminding, but it's just another parable of the lost sheep. Parable of the lost coin, the prodigal son, the parable that Jesus told over and over and over again until he was blue in the face. And more than that, it's the story that Jesus actually lived. Just like a doctor who spends his time with the sick and not the healthy, Jesus was sent to the ones who don't deserve it, not the ones who do. And this, of course, is worth announcing over and over again. Jesus came to seek and save the lost. That was his mission. But what happens next? That's what we're talking about now. What happens when a sinner gets saved? So, Remember the story of the Pharisee and the tax collector. Remember that the tax collector went home justified that day before anything had a chance to change. Because really, the same thing is true of Zacchaeus, isn't it? Listen again to what Jesus says about his salvation. Today, Jesus says, salvation has come to this house because he too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek out and to save the lost. Zacchaeus, says Jesus, is saved because he is a son of Abraham. What does that mean? Is Jesus referring to the fact that Zacchaeus is a Jew, that he's saved by a coincidence of who his mother was and his DNA? Well, I don't think so. I think Jesus is saying that Zacchaeus is saved in the same way as Abraham. He's calling back to Genesis 15, When God makes his promises to Abraham, who was at that point called Abram. And the scripture says that Abram believed the Lord and that it was credited to him as righteousness. Again, the righteousness unto salvation comes as a credit before any good things are done. So why is Zacchaeus saved? Because he was lost and Jesus came to seek And save the lost. And Zacchaeus believed it. Just like Abraham. So what do we make then of Zacchaeus' great pronouncement about his new life? Look, half of my possessions, Lord, I will give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will pay back four times as much. Well, there's only one thing to make of it, isn't there? 
Zacchaeus has met Jesus and he has been changed. His heart seems to have been completely overhauled, totally reoriented. He's gone from a fundamentally self-interested person to somebody who wants to make amends and not just make amends, but go over and above, pay back four times as much. He's come face to face with the good news that the Holy Son of Almighty God has created a relationship with him called him down out of a tree and said, I will stay at your house today. I must with him, a notorious sinner. And in light of that, Zacchaeus will never be the same. This is part of what it means to meet Jesus. You will never be the same. Of course, it's important to remember that that's always the order, right? We meet Jesus and then we are changed. Right? He came to seek and save the lost. He didn't come to find those who have changed themselves and become related to them. He came to be those who are sinners. It's the contact with Jesus that changes us. He comes to us in our sin. And we are changed. Now, I said earlier that unlike the story of the Pharisee and the tax collector, which immediately precedes this story and has a hard stop on it after the man goes home justified. In this story, we get what happens next. We get what happens after justification. But of course, that's not really true, is it? We don't actually have what happens next in Zacchaeus's life story. What we actually have is a proclamation from Zacchaeus about what he wants to happen next. Now, I can't read Zacchaeus' story without thinking of Saul. You remember Saul? Saul wasn't in a tree when he met Jesus. He was a little further away. He was on the back of his horse on the way to Damascus to kill Christians. Jesus appeared and demanded to be in a relationship with him. Saul, of course, who became Paul, author of two-thirds of the New Testament, was forever changed. But, but, it wasn't always smooth sailing for Paul, was it? Didn't Paul also write Romans 7? I do not understand my own actions, he said, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Who can't identify with these words? As people who have met Jesus and who have been changed, we can all say these words with Paul. The thing I hate, this I keep on doing. I can totally hear Zacchaeus saying something like this a year or so after his life-upending meeting with Jesus. I told Jesus, I announced to that whole crowd that I was going to be different. I promised. And look at me, doing the exact same things I was doing before we met. Sounds like Paul. Sounds like me. But this is why the good news is so good. Remember, the first and best good news. Jesus came to seek 
and save the lost. Like Paul, like Zacchaeus, like you. And then remember that there are two results of that first and best good news that Jesus came to seek and save the lost. The first result is that you cannot come out of a meeting with Jesus unchanged. Zacchaeus is forever changed. His heart is reoriented toward God's will and praise God. But the second result of the good news is that now Zacchaeus knows how Jesus works. He knows that there is no depth to which he can sink from which Jesus will not rescue him and demand to be in a relationship with him. He's already heard the announcement, I must stay at your house today. So, you can't come into contact with Christ and not be changed. And the best part of all is that the first part of the story remains true. Despite your contact with Christ and the radical changes that are brought about because of it, when you find yourself still a sinner, when people are grumbling about how seriously you're taking this whole Christianity thing, when you find yourself looking in the mirror and vowing to do better from now on, when you echo Paul and bemoan the fact that you know what's right but just can't seem to do it, When you feel lost, remember the first and best good news of all. Jesus Christ, the one and only Son of God, came to stay with the sinners. He came to give his life for the lost. He came to save those who still don't deserve it. He came to love and to rescue You. Amen.